Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr., and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week, I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon, where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron, and you get this uh, whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. Welcome to another episode of Don't Make This Weird. Uh, my guest this week is a TikToker. Uh, she is an empowerer of writers. Um, she is an author. And my screen just went blank. There it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, she's an author. She's a podcaster. And in the words of the great Billy D. Williams, she is cooler than the other side of the pillow. Please welcome the one and only Jennifer B. Harris to the show. Hello, my friend. Hi, what a great intro. Thanks. <clears throat> with, the, with the Billy D. description. That is awesome. I, that is awesome. I do continually aspire to be cooler than the other side of the pillow. I do set that as a life goal. <laughs> and you absolutely um, achieve that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't break out the Billy D quotes for just anybody. They are not used for just average mortals. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so on this podcast, um, we do love a good origin story. Um, so let's go back. Tell me, tell me about baby Jen. Oh man. Um, in the immortal words of Sylvia Plath, I've had many lives. So there's, there's, <laughs> There's a couple origin stories, but baby Jen before, you know, uh, I guess <laughs> some sometime between uh, the First World War and yesterday um, <laughs> was was baby Jen. But I actually was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so I'm a, I am through and through a Midwest kid, um, which means I have an accent. De- depending on how mad I get, <laughs> you can definitely you can definitely hear it. Um, so actually I've been writing since I was about eight. Um, I actually had a third grade teacher. Her name is Miss Kelly, who literally looked me in my face and said, you're good at this. You should keep writing. And that, that sparked everything else. So shouts to Miss Kelly, wherever she may be. Uh, also I am a mom, I'm a mama bear, um, of two teenagers. So I need wine and prayer at the same time some days. And, uh, actually I always have pens. So writing has always been for me, cheap therapy. And uh, once, <clears throat> now that we continue to be in uh, a Panda Express, I keep, uh, writing is the way I'm actually literally keeping sane some days. Like some days I'm like, I just, if I could just get five minutes and write this down. Or while I'm at my day job, literally I'll be like, that's a cool line. Let me write that down. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then just uh, slap it on like my computer monitor. Like I'm, I'm going to get back to that. So uh, yeah, so Baby Jen was actually artistic and weird and uh, you know, the black girl with the white girl name. So I was, so I was always in the, you know, in these places by, by which people didn't necessarily think that I was. And I remember asking my parents who, um, well, my, well, I asked my mom once, you know, cause when I was growing up in the eighties, that everybody had a cool A name, I thought. And I asked her, I'm like, mom, why'd you name me Jennifer? And she looked at me, mama, you know, 
Jaybird, as I as I call her on my particular portion of Beyonce's internet, she looked at me and said, "Because I wanted you to be able to spell your name, that's why." Which also goes into that you know greater thing of you know being able to give your child every advantage, even if that's as sm- something as small as their name. So I know some of the things that I've actually gotten to do is because some people haven't known that I was black till I got there. Like, oh, you're Jennifer. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's me. I, yeah. Full disclosure. Um, when we when we booked this interview, um, I I googled you because I was like, I wanna I wanna I wanna pull stuff that you know I wouldn't necessarily find on like your Instagram or um, TikTok, and yeah. the first like forty five search results on Google was a white artist named Jennifer Harris and yes, like <laughs> I clicked the first one I was like artist in residence what I how did I not know this and I clicked it and this picture of this white lady pops up and I went that's I don't know her like, <laughs> I, went, I went full Mariah Carey like I don't, I don't know her we don't know we don't know her no but that actually has happened a lot which is why um when I when uh, I actually really started writing I started to I write under two names uh, well, there are literally four I run under, but for the sake of particular portion of the interview, it's two. So I actually write under uh, Jennifer Bush Harris, Bush being my maiden name, and uh, Jennifer P is in Paul. And uh, funny, in which my father made that weird because uh, my middle name is actually Phylon, P-H-Y-L-O-N. So for all the kids our age, remember Dynasty, right? Dynasty, yeah. Falcon, Falcon Crest, Knott's Landing, all that kind of stuff. My mom actually got... <clears throat> my first name from Jennifer Hart from Heart to Heart because she liked Heart to Heart. Oh, okay. Right? And then my middle name is Phylon, P-H-Y-L-O-N, which was supposed to be Fallon, F-A-L-L-O-N. I think she was on Dynasty and my father misheard it. So, and it stuck. And I was like, this is... So when I started college and there were like all Jennifers, I would I would literally start uh, signing my work, Jennifer hyphen Phylon, you know, whatever. And yeah, so normally when I tell people, like, if you look for me, look, look under this name, look under this name, because people make it, people make it weird. <laughs> people, people make it weird. Like, again, artists and residents, like, yeah, I'm not that cool yet. Yeah. Not yet. The MFA um, is low. <laughs> so you had, you had a teacher who, who basically told you, you were going to, you were going to be a writer. Uh, what, what was, what was the first thing that you ever released? Man, um, the first thing, the first book of poet, well, that's, that's loaded, Greg. Like the first thing <laughs> I published like through Amazon is a book, is a three volume set of poetry called um, Love Songs of the Unrequited. Uh, again, that's, un, that's uh, I wrote that as Jennifer P as in Paul Harris. Uh, and it was like this, it was this guy I thought I was in love with right so um and again writing was how I coped with like not being with him and then uh there was this crazy relationship I was in before I met him and I had been writing again since I was eight like journaling poems short stories you know A's in English I was that kid right you know um what was I think it was actually on TikTok that depending on how close your relationship is with your English teacher that's kind of like how disjointed you are from the rest (laughs) of the world like, so I had English teachers who like loved me and I like put my, you know, I was always hanging out with them. 
So that, that uh, knack was always there. And then I was with this person for like three, for like three years. And um, then I like, didn't write anything like for like two, no, for like two, three years, like, like not a poem, letter, nothing. And uh, my mom uh, would always ask me, you know, no matter what was going on, she goes, are you still writing? And I'd be like, yeah, you know, the mom like, yeah. yeah. And she like, you know, but life is hard. But I met this guy and, you know, and everything clicked again. And I literally like wrote all these poems, you know, on, on Microsoft Word and, and <laughs> work, work. And like again, this is before again again that that stage that stage of um, pagers and floppy disks, right? So I'm just I'm just saving it to a document. And I would I remember um, the first the first night everything came back. I sat there and wrote like five six poems <laughs> as my allergy wreak havoc, um, just like back to back, and. I, by the time, you know, uh, and I would write, like we would talk and we would like not talk. So I would, so I would like write to cope, but then I was writing everything again. And before I knew it, there was like this, I would like go through every so often and like count them or whatnot. And there was like this cache of poems that was like literally like 150. And I'm like, I should do something with these, but I had, but had no idea. Right. Again, we weren't every, but before you know this adventure that is self-publishing you had to know somebody to get in so i'm like no 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 and i would have people saying you know you need to just submit something like oh but i don't want to be told no i'm just gonna be here and be you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be an artist gonna be an artist and i'm just gonna keep my stuff here so that way no it can't be judged but i literally uh went to a self self self-publishing workshop and I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I'm like, there's so much work here. And the guy I was actually married to at the time, I'm like, you know, some of this stuff is pretty racy and it's not necessarily about you. Do you care if I publish this? He said, no, I'm actually proud of you. You should publish it. So it, so I, I didn't even publish all of them. I published like 90 out of the 150 that were there. And some of them were like 10 some odd years old. And I was, I remember looking at some of them like, man, Jen, this is good. You should, you should probably show somebody some of this. And, you know, and there have been people who have been following me, following me on this journey. And I'm completely grateful and humbled by all of them that are like, Jen, this, this poem's amazing. Jen, these poems are amazing. Jen, this is, a, you know, you really have a great, you like, you really have a really, um, your, what was, it was one, it was one English teacher I had. His name is uh, Matt Batchelor, English teacher, obviously. And he said that I had a, he said he loved the fact that I could actually just paint a whole scene with words. He said he loved he loved that about reading my work. Reading my work was a joy. Flex. <laughs> but yeah. that was the first thing I, I actually published. And that was in like 2014. So at last count, there are now, what, 12 books? And most of them are poetry. The, the latest one is uh, Kisses Still Matter. Um, yeah, Jennifer P. Harris and um, Thoughts in a Pandemic. Because uh, before I actually started um, at my new job, I was actually a CNA on the floor during the first wave of COVID. And I saw the, the protests and everybody completely freaking out. I was witness to. And I'm like, and I literally wrote, because normally when I self-publish, I consider every book like a, because I can't thank everybody, you know, face-to-face who actually buy books. I normally put a letter to the to the reader like you know thank you for something akin to thank you for buying this book this is what inspired 
and hopefully that, you know, you find either entertainment, comfort, or information. And uh, I remember writing thoughts of the pandemic and thinking, like having to project myself in the future, like survivor of the COVID-19, the COVID, COVID-19 pandemic. Like I had, I had to put my head in that space when no one really knew anything of saying, I'm going to come out of this. So yeah, thoughts of the pandemic and um, kisses, kisses still matter are the latest or latest works. No. And also thinking I'm grown. Yeah. Thinking, thinking I'm grown. I have big hair on that one too. <laughs> That's a fantastic title. The, I mean, they're all fantastic titles, but thinking I'm right. grown, I'm like, I, I love that. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you ever, if you, if you <laughs> have been, have been around black women for any, for any length of time, especially black women who are over 40 lip talking or trying to reprimand little black girls, you will often hear them say, oh, you think you're grown. And then it's kind of one of those things like, well, I don't even know what that, I don't even know what that means. Like, I literally was just outside existing and here, and then here you come, right? But um, Thinking I'm Grown is really a love letter to um, my aunts and grandma and my ever classy mom, mom who, who keeps trying to make me a lady at my, at my best efforts to thwart her. You know, reconciling this, this thing called womanhood and growing up and what that means to find your space, your face, your face in space in this world as being black and woman, you know, thinking, I'm like, am, like, am I grown yet? Did I get there yet? Am I an adult yet? Cause it's, cause some days I'm like, y'all can have, y'all can have this. I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Let's not, let's not make that weird. <laughs> so in addition to putting out all the poetry books, yes, all, all of them, them. All, all of the poetry books, um, you also offer help to other writers. Um, what made you want to start doing that? I was actually, um, well, I, in a former, in another former life, uh, I actually wanted to be an English professor. I wanted to go to NYU, study, uh, study English or English Lit and teach. Uh, because I think that um, and, and actually kind of dovetails nicely into one of my, uh, a quote from one of my undergrad mentors, Dr. Drus- Dr. Drusilla Wall, coolest name for English professor ever, Drusilla, that was her real name. That's right. Said that um, never call yourself just an English major. Never call yourself just an English major. You are not just an English major. She goes, English majors are thinkers, we are analysts. Never call yourself just an English major. So I really got into, um, I guess you could say, that teaching role because I was really tired of writers giving up. I was really tired of, uh, especially Black writers, not finding any resources, any help, any, uh, any, there was no, there was no mama bear to say, yeah, you, you can do it. And here's how, you know, you can do it and, he, and here's something that'll help you, uh, which actually um, was one of the catalyst for the writer's block podcast that's that's actually on um app that's actually on apple podcast google play and spotify uh it was literally it's it literally i started that uh podcast in the basement of my um in the basement of my former from of my former job with like a notebook and, a, and the anchor app had no had no real idea what i was doing i was like okay i got these notes and I think I know what I want to say. So <laughs> I'm just going to 
just that's, let's just go with that's it. That's pretty much how we all start. Is right. like it's just it, you know I I've got some stuff and you know I'm gonna say some things and we'll see what happens. Right. We're just, we're just gonna go with it. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be all right. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be all right. But literally that's how that started. And um, now we are. I just finished uh, season four. Yay! Yeah. Have to post post the schedule for season season five, which is crazy. And uh, as of next May, as of this May, actually. I'll be officially podcasting three years. So oh, there's wow. 16 episodes. I've had people uh, inbox me or email me and say, you know, dude, I literally just sat here and like binged. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, it's just me. <laughs> it's just, just me. You know, this guy. Just me. This, this, guy, this girl this did that. Did. This oh. guy did that. Wow. Hopefully <laughs> That's awesome. But I mean, just in there, and they're normally like 20 minute, 30 minute, uh, 30 minute shows, unless they're author interviews. And I try, I try to make my, um, my resources as, as tangible as they possibly can be as real life and practical as they possibly can be. Because um, there are too many people, I think that when you ask them, you know, how do I become a writer? Uh, You know, I, refer often to uh the Nikki Giovanni quote that said then she says that you you know if you're a writer you write you know that's what you know you're writing everything and um you know and Anne Rice said that you know you only get better with writing by writing there's no there's no other there's literally nothing else that you can do to get better at this other than you keep doing it but the thing that I the linchpin in that is that you have to have someone sometimes depending on you know the subject matter where you are in your, if you want to make it a hobby or career, you really need someone who's going to be able to say, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And it's, and it's, and it's so, and it's okay if, if it doesn't make sense or if, if you think that, you know, you're totally screwing it all up. I mean, but it's, but it's okay as long as you keep going. So that, that um, secret need and desire still to be an, to be that English teacher that, you know, I had through middle school and high school, that's what prompted the um, the writing, coaching, and mentoring, and kind of making space. That's, yeah, and I actually love actually love doing that. When I there's there's a young lady I went to high school with, and uh, she writes um, and self publishes publishes uh, supernatural romance novels, um, mm-hmm. and they're fantastic, uh, but before you know I kept seeing her posts on Facebook and I sent her a message one day and I said hey I I think I want to write a book and she she did exactly what you said she was like then do it right and I was like just like that like there and she was like yeah just just do it and and I did so I I completely agree that um Sometimes all it takes is somebody just going, you know what? Just fucking do it. Right. Just do it. Just do, just do it. It doesn't it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be written. Yep. We can all back and fix it. But it just has to be written. It just has to be written. And sometimes and sometimes you need even the reminder <laughs> reminder that you can. Yep. 
Yeah. That you tr- that you truly can. So there's actually a group of girlfriends. I call them uh, I call them squad. We're, so we're all in, we're all indie writers and editors and things like that. And we made our own little group chat. We're like, look, this is these are my issues. This is what's going on. We collaborate on projects. We make we uh, allow space for one another to be on our projects. So and you have to also write in community. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to write a book. Yay. Okay, but what about on those days where you're like, all the words make no sense. Uh, you know, life is happening. I can't even think of picking up a pen. You know, um, I, I think I'm I think I'm stuck and I want to give up. You know, I wrote 200 pages about this and I think all of it is bullshit. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, just, I can't go on. So having, having those, having, you know, those cloisters, those cloisters of encouragement, having those writing communities are really essential sometimes. You know, you don't necessarily need them all the time. It's always good to have some people that you can, that you can like jump in their inbox and they not, and they not kick you out of it. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Just write the book, but you don't understand. And they, and they don't, and they literally don't understand like the people, like they don't understand when the people in your head aren't talking to you. Yeah. They don't understand when you when you see the book in your head and your hands are like we can't do this. You know, I call it. I think I had an episode, I, an episode called the Yips. You know, writing hesitation, where you're just like, I just, I just can't. I just, I just can't. I know I, I know I'm able to. I, you know, I'm I'm writing in my native language. <laughs> There's no like that, but I just can't do it. So you do need people to literally rescue, rescue you out of, you know, the pit of your own making sometimes. So, you know, in this right, in this uh, writing um, helps that I do, I've written a couple manuals as well, like how to write a draft in five days. Uh, yeah, I think I wrote that under general, anything that I write professionally, uh, like manuals and things like that, I normally write under Jennifer Bush Harris. So, and then when I sign, that's where J.B. Harris comes, comes in. So I'm like, just all at once. My mother saw me do it once. She goes, I couldn't even read that. <laughs> I'm like, I put everything. Why you put the B there? I'm like, it's a thing, ma. Cause I can't, cause it doesn't look cool. If I just put Jennifer P Harris, it doesn't sound cool. Don't make right. weird. You know who I, you know who I am. <laughs> so while we're on the subject of um, writing, I, I want to jump to uh, the listener letter. Um, because it, it has to do with what we're talking about at this very moment. Um, right. It comes to us from Sandra in Washington. Um, I don't know if it's Washington State or Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Uh, she didn't specify, but Sandra, thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for uh, writing in. I really appreciate it. Sandra would like to know, in your opinion, what is the biggest mistake that first-time authors make? To me, the biggest mistake that first-time authors make is second-guessing themselves. Uh, You know, and I speak about this often in any uh, professional capacity that I'm allowed to be in, you know what you want to write, so write that. Don't necessarily don't necessarily go on what's trendy or, you know, I could do this better. What do you want to say? And you say that don't allow your voice to be tainted by by the opinions of other people or, you know, as a very J way of saying it, let no one take your pen. I think that is the 
biggest mistake that first time authors make where they try and, you know, duplicate what someone else has done. Like as much as I love a good horror story, I can't, I can't write like Stephen King. I can't write like Tanana Reeve do, you know, I can't, I can't, um, I can't duplicate Anne Rice. I can't, I can't do that. That's that I didn't come up with any of those worlds or mythologies or anything, but what I can do is, is um, create what I want and then develop those worlds out if, if it comes to that. Uh, but I really think that is the biggest thing that first time authors continue, continually make, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they may, you know, they may look out like, Hey, you know, this is real, this is what I want to say. And it wound, it winds up sounding like someone else, which is kind of also a slippery slope. But I also think it's in, it's imperative that you find your own voice that the story you want to write is what you want to write and what you intended on writing. That I think that is imperative. And once you begin to um, develop your voice, then that's when the confidence comes because it sounds like you, you're not trying to sound like anybody else. And I, again, this is where, you know, the, that, that soft, those soft skills of uh, writing coaching comes in. Like, no, just sound like you. You don't have to sound like this person. You sound like you. What do you want to say? And you say that. That's that's fantastic. I love that. I'm useful sometimes. Sometimes, all the time, all the time. <laughs> so you are also, um, and this is this is kind of how we met. Um, right. You are you are quite popular on the TikTok, man. Right. The, the um, clock app. Hey, the clock app. That damn clock app. Um, yeah. Every every creator with a certain number of followers has a love hate relationship with that damn app. Um, but so, how did you come to be on TikTok? Oh my goodness. I came to the problematic clock app because my my best friend, my best friend, who's probably listening to, listening to this now, shouts to Marissa. Said Hi, Marissa. To, said to me that oh, she was so stoked when I said when I sent her the flyer. She goes, "This is amazing!" Because she 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 thinks she thinks that I'm I'm great. I'm like I'm just Jen. It's fine, but. <laughs> Um, it keeps me humble, but she's like, you have a lot to say and you should, I think you should be on here. And then, and our, and our kids are actually on the app. Of course, I'm going to give their handles here because people are weird. Right. But, but, uh, yeah, cause to basically to keep an eye on our girls and also to, you know, cause we're, uh, we're, I'm well, technically, cause they keep redrawing the lines. So technically, technically depending on where I fought, where uh, people cut off the cutoff date, I'm either Gen X or the beginning of a millennial. So 1981, they kind of, they, they either cut, they either cut, you know, Gen X off at 1980 and start uh, millennials at 81. So, or something they extend since 82. So, but yeah, so she's like, you have a lot to say. And so literally I started because my best friend was like, you have a lot to say, you should be on it. So, but, <laughs> but so the origin story for that is literally me just, you know, yelling into the void. And then, uh, you know, and, my, and, I'm, and I remember looking at, you know, the portion of your, 
when you sign up, like, you know, what's your handle going to be? You know, writers, it's got to be something cool, right? Something kind of chic and kind of mysterious, but kind of badass at the same time. So I was like, okay, what Jay said, because people, because there are people in my uh, immediate life who are always, who I'll like make up a phrase and then like use it in regular conversation. And then later they'll use the same phrase in a regular conversation. I'm like, did you just use my phrase? <laughs> They're like, yeah, and like Jen, you make up all kind of cool stuff. Like, what the <laughs> cool? So um, I'm like, okay, so what Jay said, all right, cool. And uh, <laughs> the problematic clock at block, I was I was banned at thirty seven thousand followers, and then and then came back because I actually had an, a backup page like most of us do <laughs> uh, that was just dealing with writing, and then um, TikTok would not let me get anything back from the original what Jay said. Like I couldn't download, I just nothing. And that's not counting the times that, you know, I had been mad, I had been mass reported. <laughs> um, I had been blocked. There was a, there was even a time I had been banned that uh, I didn't even get a, I didn't even get any um, notification for it. So I was just like, what is this? So, and they kidnapped my account twice for like a week. So I kind of knew like the perma ban was coming so I was like, I don't care. I said what the fuck I said. <laughs> I said, what the fuck I said. And uh, and then when they banned it, I was like, mother, all right, bastard. And then, <laughs> then it came to you know what Jay said two point And as and as of this as of this evening, it is at sixty one thousand six hundred some odd some odd Jaybirds. I don't under. It's actually actually. Um, not to correct you about your own account, but I literally just looked at it. Um, 62.2 thousand oh followers, ma'am. 1.7 million likes. Oh my. Oh my. They like me. They really they like, like you. They like me. I'm just, I'm just, some, I'm like, you know, so I tell my best I'm like, sometimes I just be talking shit. <laughs> sometimes I just be talking shit. But the uh, the resurgence, as it were, came from me being, and I'm sure that I'm sure that you, uh, looking from your your petty your petty uh, front porch with your with your with your uh, <laughs> with your venomous coffee was like I can I approve all of this. Uh, literally came from me participating in a conversation about how men want traditional women. I remember and- that. And those of us who grew up with quote unquote traditional women, we're like, y'all, you really don't know what you're asking for. And so it literally went from my, uh, went my girlfriend, Cheryl, hi, Cheryl, uh, <laughs> who, act, who actually put one particular story in the comments. And I, I didn't even, you know, react to it. I was like, you know, for the, all the men who want the old time women, you know, read this hip. We're all with all the accent, right? Because mo- most of us who are language nerds know that, uh, especially where I grew up in St. Louis, it's a St. Louis is a French city anyway. So then you have all these other influences that come that uh, inf- that um, make the dialect unique. So people from St. Louis, you can really you can really hear it. And sometimes it sounds more southern, depending on you know what part of the city you grew up in. So it literally went from Cheryl's comment, and it took off. <laughs> I, and it it literally took off, and I'm like, this isn't this doesn't make any sense. And so some and some of the stories are 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 mysteries, mysteries, scandalous, off the wall, and it 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 has now become a thing. 
it has now become a thing to the point that I literally published uh, one <laughs> one volume of these stories, and it was and it's like a hundred and thirty stories of just these women t- saying, "Well, my grandma did this, or my grandma did this, my mom did this." One of the best ones that I have reacted to <laughs> was this woman said that her great grandmother shot up the house of the side chick and stole and stole her groceries. <laughs> oh Those videos have me in tears for oh days. I would just I would just be at work and then suddenly your face will pop into my head and I'll see the little reply bubble and I'll we'll be crying. Because oh you're just like, I cannot, but the, the hilarity comes in because they are literally men saying, we want traditional wives. You want the women who stayed at home. We want the women with basically with not so many rights and not so, not so much. Yeah. Desire. We want them. And we're like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Them. Are you sure? And then another favorite is uh, the woman who said her grandmother took a brick on the plane to Chicago and, and found it and beat up the side chick with the brick. Like, I can't make this up. <laughs> I like, like I talked to I talked to my guy about it, and I'm like, babe, I don't know what I did, and he was like, no, babe, it's your it's your enthusiasm with it, and it's your accent, and it's he's like, this is amazing. No, you should keep doing these. This is your niche. I'm like, because I'm a story, because again, I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. So now you know the the uh, incomparable, unstoppable Jaybirds are like, you know, this it's just inundated. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! I'm like oh, and then another one was uh, this woman said her her her. <laughs> this woman said that her mother became a bounty hunter because her father put their their house up as collateral for the side chick and ran off with her. So her mother found her, beat her up, and drug her back to court. <laughs> With her father in tow, so she, so she became a bounty hunter. Holy kept her shit. house, kept her house, kept the bounty. <laughs> beat up the side chick. I got divorced. Game set match, like I'm like. Man. And it is it is it, it is amazing, and it, and it go and it kind of goes to um, you know me being a word nerd. To I'm I hope I'm saying this correctly, but there's this. Um, tribe or a select group of um, people in West Africa called griots, G-R-I-O-T, and they're storytellers. So, and this tradition is passed down and they're tradition, they're, um, and I did a little more digging and they're teachers and diplomats and, and, but at the heart, storytellers and and historians. So the story of a, of the story of a people is actually given to them and they relay it. But when there are no more griots, that's when the history is written down. So it's almost like when these when these women there have been some guys who who, pep, who pepper in every so often that when it's almost like when you when they retell these stories it's almost like they haven't lost these people that you know my my grandma did this or no matter how nefarious it is like the what like one of the ones I got today was this woman said that her her me her mamma uh what her her her, her first husband came home drunk and uh tried to get her and 
she hit him with the cast iron skillet and dropped him in the kitchen. She thought she killed him. And then she went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you sit there like, oh, my, my, my fucking goodness. Like, this is happening. Like, this is happening. Like, this happened to someone. This happened to someone. And it's almost like, again, you them uh, giving you a piece of their history to you, for you to retell. It's almost, it's, it, and especially if they've been, if they're gone or um, not in their lives or even, or, you know, deceased, it's almost like you, you're giving, you're giving them a piece of them back. So uh, storytelling, and, and, I, and again, I say Austin, storytelling is ongoing. And any market, and one of the people who I kind of model my storytelling after is after my, is actually my father. He could actually uh, tell a story so he could tell a story so well that you would literally be in stitches. You'd be like, "What the? Like what happened?" Because you'd be like, "What happened? What?" And th- and then he would say it again, and then it would be that much more fun. But he, but him, him and his brothers were excellent storytellers. Uh, so you know, shouts to uh, my dad, Richard Bush, uh, for his. The gift the my mom was acting avid reader. My father was an avid storyteller. Always act, always encouraged me and my sister and my little brother to question, question everything, and uh, never be afraid. Never be afraid to uh, think about what it is that you're thinking about. But you know, quote unquote. But big avid, but but he could retell stories like nobody else, and I and it was that command that I wanted. Like dad could tell us tell a story and like and the whole room being wrapped. Like oh my gosh! Like what whatever that is, I want that. And I think any I think any good writer has to have has to continually chase that as well. Like how do you capture the room? How do you how do I put this experience on paper? How do I do that? And even with uh, this, because clearly uh, traditional tr- the traditional women is going to volume two, which clearly is just going to focus on short women and cast iron skillets because <laughs> that. That is the majority of the of of these this this time, and it and it is and it is incredible, and, and again, which but most of the humor comes from y'all really want these women, these women, okay, <laughs> just 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 so just so we're clear, just so we're clear. So I mean, it, I didn't think that uh, TikTok would be, you know a catapult or a tool or a resource for, for my, for my uh, writing career. Uh, but I'm, but it forces me to be, to be transparent in a way. And uh, before, you know, these stories took over, you know, my content was really social justice driven uh, things through a black lens and just being a decent human being. Like, can we just, can we just do that? And most of, most of the dynamic people that I've met on the problematic clock app, I now call friend now. Like, and one of one of uh, the best people in the world on that app is uh, CF Story. Hi, sis. But uh, and she, uh, she was like, I said, I don't know what I did. She goes, Ma'am, what have you done? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> the history. Te- I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. All I did was read. All I did was read this. All I did was read it, and then people, and then people, and then people are like, This is the best thing. Ever. I was like, is it? I'm like, is it the best page ever? I don't think so. Like, is it? Nah, maybe not. It could be for them, though. 
it could, you know, I, uh, in my bio, in my bio now, it says light, heat, and smoke. So that's that's what I that's what I try to provide: light, heat, and smoke. You know, basically, I said what I said, and I stand on everything I said, but not um, not not so haughty that I can't that I like can't be cor- that I can't be corrected or I can't be wrong or I refuse to learn. I've I've learned that in like my for- my forty years of living, because uh, I'll be forty one in June, that I think I think a mark of uh, aging well is that you admit what you've what you've missed. Um, admit that there's always something more to learn, and humility offers many graces. Like if you like if you say you don't know, then you just don't know. But don't be so but don't be so bullheaded that you'll never find out. You know, but you know, as I love saying, books are for everybody. <laughs> this is true. So we are now at the part of the show um, where we play a couple games with the guests. Um, Yikes! The first game is the random question game. I have 15 just completely random ass questions um, that some people have sent to me. um, Right. Some some that I've pulled off the internet. Um, Are you ready to play? Yeah. All right, question one. What was your first job ever? Babysitting my little sister and brother. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is true true crime. As as anti as FTP as I am, I love I love true crime. I think that, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, and I've, I've never admitted this out loud. Um, I, I do enjoy a, a true crime, a good true crime podcast every now and then. Like there's just something about it. Right. Cause, because my, my other, which kind of dovetails or uh, belly flops into uh, my other guilty pleasure, which is abnormal psych because human behavior is fascinating. Yeah. Human behavior is completely fascinating. If aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take you with them, would you go? Yes. Yes, yes, I would go. <laughs> I'm like, I need like my black girl hair kit stuff and like some good shoes, but that, yeah, but that I'm going. I'm leaving. Right on. See, most most people there's 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 always some modifier to the answer with that question. Like some people I've had, um, well, what do the aliens look like? Cause like, if we're, if we're talking like ET alien, they're all for it. But right. if we're talking like scary aliens from the aliens movie, if they're like, mm, no, I'm gonna pass. That's me being adventurous and, and believe <laughs> and believing that it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> That it's it's just gonna be fine because if I, mean, I can survive Earth, I yeah. think I'll be okay. It can't get any worse than what's going yeah. on down here. If you could commit any crime and get away with it, what crime would you pick? Can I pick two? Sure. Arson and robbery. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> 
arson and arson and robbery. At the same time or separately? Depends. Can you burn the rabbit? Sure. Hey. (laughs) Whitney or Mariah? Whitney. That was the fastest anybody's ever answered that question. That's because that's because I'm old enough to remember when Whitney was young too. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Ooh, I'd want to bring back like 1920s flapper dresses, like the really good flapper dresses, not the boxy ones, but the ones that were like kind of getting like a silhouette that. And like really, and like the pillbox hat, that's what I would really love to bring back. All right, that's, that's a good one. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm a night owl who works a day job, which is <laughs> coffee powered. I, I feel that. What is a film that most people hated, but that you love unabashedly? Hmm. Well, I like a lot of old movies too, but I mean, so if I could narrow it down, I actually really like Spider-Man 3. I actually really liked it. I really did. Now, the, did they do much? The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yeah, 3? Yeah, I had a crush on Tobias. So I'm like, yeah, so I'm, but I completely say I'm, I'm biased. I'm like, but, but, but um, I really actually really liked that movie and I was actually pregnant with my oldest daughter when I went to go see it so I saw that opening night with my best friend who's the godmother of my child and we went to go see it I'm this is amazing so take her what you will I was I was pregnant and crushing but I loved it I you know it was it was I feel like the people the people that really hated that third spider-man they they expected too much Right. It was just, it was fun. You know, superhero movies are supposed to be fun. And it was, it was fun. Right. It's not, it's not true source material. Y'all, y'all will, don't make it weird. Just go see the movie. Exactly. Um, Have you seen the newest uh, Spider-Man? I have. I took, I was that mom who took uh, my daughter's opening night because I have dedicated, I have I have a dedicated Marvel nerd in my oldest daughter and a burgeoning Marvel nerd in my, in my youngest daughter. So they saw the trailer, they lost their minds. And I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to commit to do that. And our, our theater was awesome. <laughs> I was like, the, I was like the mom from my row when everybody was like yelling, I'm like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> so, and my, and my daughter's like two row, two seats down there. So so it's so now it's an experience because she gets to truly engage and not be told to hush up. So yeah, it's a. But I I really like the last. So we actually uh, um, for like well we keep doing it. So for like two weeks, uh, you know the portion of the movie where uh, you know it's kind of like breaking the fourth wall where it's like I'm the first Spider Man, you're the second, you're the third, you know, and uh, uh, and then Tom. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen oh, the film. Sorry. Spo- spoilers, sorry. Um, it's okay. I'll put I'll put a tag at the beginning of the episode. Right. Thank thank you, Greg, because you're amazing. And then um, he says, "Well, 
I'm, uh, he's like, well, I don't want to blow your mind, but I used to be in the Avengers. And then, well, it's cast out of the bag now. So, and then Toby goes, oh, you're an Avenger? That's awesome. What is that? Are you in a band? And this, <laughs> like doing that, like, were you in a band? So we would do that whole scene in, in our house when it, it, you know, whenever. So, because I, I, I have those kids. So, um, and, and again, which goes into why it is writer, writers are important. Being able to build worlds are important. You know, these, this type of mentorship is important uh, in the, you know, second spoiler in the, in the credits, uh, they actually, they actually credit uh, Avi Arad for saying, for actually bringing this, you know, idea forward. Like it, yeah. without you, this movie would not exist. And to, you know, be there and see my girls' faces light up when when they saw when they saw everyone on screen. So you know, I think that uh, one of the reasons why it is crucially important to uh, continue to teach writing and uh, and mentor and offer spaces, even spaces like this, is because we don't know who, who we may be inspiring. You know, we know um, our epic grandpa Stan Lee said, "You know, the Marvel universe is the is the world outside your window." So why stifle that? Why stymie that? I think one of the reasons why most most uh, kids are angry is because they don't have an outlet or the outlet that they've chosen is, quote unquote, not is not what they should be doing or what people shouldn't think they, they should be doing. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in the and like for my kids, for example, like the the uh, talents that they put forward that I see, I speak to. I don't like push them into where I think they should go. Because I think when you do that to kids, they just, they stop, they just stop and they won't explore anything. You know, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate defiance. Like I'm not going to do nothing. Yeah. Rather than seeing what they're good at and then nudging there and offering help there and support there. So, uh, yeah, but I have an, I have an artist in, in my youngest. So she's, so she's, and she said that she wants to do graphic, either graphic design or draw for Marvel, depending on the day I catch it. So, and my youngest is like, mom, I just want to do hair and makeup. Okay, cool. Okay. But, uh, but speaking to those, speaking to those particular uh, gifts, gifts all the time, because I think it's important that space be made for them too. And so that they can be just as creative as anybody else. Uh, like for me, writing is a cheap out, is a cheap outlet for my daughter. Let her, you know, get pen, pen and paper in three hours. And for my youngest, you know, she'll, you know, get her dolls and get YouTube videos, and like practice, practice hairstyle. You know, but at, at the same time, it's what makes them happy. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the balance of the cool mom and the, I did what I, you, you heard what the fuck I told you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so we're still working on that balance. What is a film that you could watch over and over again and never get sick of? Sunset Boulevard. Oh, fantastic film. Yes. Yes. Norma, yes. Gloria Swanson played everything out of that. It was amazing. Every time I watch that movie, I, I'm like this. I, I almost forget what happens because I've seen it so often, but I'm like, oh! And then when they always circle back, when they always circle back, I'm like, oh, that I forgot she did that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's incredibly well well written. Either either that or on really bad days, I watched the Ninja Turtle movies, the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on uh, YouTube. That's, hey, <laughs> I was like I was like nine or ten when that came out. 
those are both acceptable answers. Um, I remember seeing the Ninja Turtles, the originals in, in the theater. Yes, yes. Like, yeah. The first time I saw Raphael talk, I thought it was the most amazing thing. Oh, it's Raphael! It's Raphael! <laughs> it's Raphael! So, I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. So, um, so on really bad days, it'll just be playing in the background. That, I've seen it so often that I can like chunk, quote, chunks of it. You know, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's amazing. I, and I have seen the newer, the newest one with uh, my oldest. I'm, I'm like, eh, it's, it's okay, but it's not. It's not this though. It's not this yeah. though. It's. I, I just. I feel like the the new ones are are a little, a little cartoony for my taste. Right. Like there was something about those original two films, like they were just gritty enough and just dark enough to like appeal to adults who were taking their kids. And it was still true to the source material that those of us that were kids that watched the cartoons and had the toys and were wearing the clothes and were, you know, eating those stupid cross promotional pizza candies that they were selling at the fucking movie theater would enjoy all of it. And the casting was done so well that they like when April O'Neill came on the screen before they said her name, you knew exactly who the fuck she was. When Casey Jones rolled in, you knew exactly who the fuck that was. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, those are two movies I, st- I still do not get tired of. If you were a superhero and you could pick anybody in the entire world to be your sidekick, who would you pick? Greg, <laughs> play favorites. Name names. Uh, um, which I, man, see what the? Okay, so, so <laughs> if, if I were a superhero and I had to pick a sidekick, see now I got to be like Shield, right? Because depending on what it is, my best friend's my best friend's code name is Romanov. Because basically, as as intelligent and crafty and cunning as Black Widow is, that's literally my best friend. So, like, when we're together, that, you know, we call it Batman and Robin. So, depending on who's doing what. But it would always be her. It would always be her. And, and now, um, with um, this incredible young man who uh, clearly people have found on TikTok. So, Jay's Bay, shouts to him. Uh, how, you, how you pet? Um, it, would, it, would, it would be him because uh, the the uh, adage is no. I I told him I'm like you know Bay has winter has winter soldier tendencies. So it would so it would it would he would definitely be the side. He would definitely be that or hero or hero support. So yeah, definitely definitely those two. No, no matter no matter what. And uh, and Romanoff has already said that you know he we're a package. So so we're. So we'd have to be the Avengers. So there's there's that. But she's always but she is always she's always Romanov. No matter what, she's always Romanov. Because that's my because that's my friend. <laughs> she's always Romanov. I have to uh, give a special shout out to um, the sky high reference that uh, you dropped in there. I, I appreciate that. One of one of my favorite films. 
You caught that, did you? Yep, sure did. Hero support. Hero support, but yes. Star Wars or Star Trek? <gasps> Rag! <laughs> um, he's going he's to kill me for this. But actually, Star Trek. Star Trek. Okay. Bay is Star Wars, so but I actually like Star Trek more than Star Wars. What is your favorite Christmas song? Little Drummer Boy. Really? The first time anybody mm-hmm. said that. Yep, Little Drummer Boy. If you had an extra twenty dollars to spend on yourself. And you had to spend it on yourself and you could not buy food. (gasps) What would you buy? (laughs) I would buy um, either socks or mascara. Those are two things I used to have. Always losing socks or mascara. Like I like I just had this. I don't know where it is. Who is a celebrity that you would bring to a wedding as your date? Greg, there crush just changes though. But if I but if I could bring one person to trying to this should this is not hard. I'm I'm literally trying to narrow it down. At this at this point, I'm I'm a total nerd for this. It would probably it would probably either be uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or or um, Lance Gross. Okay, and I think I think Lance is married. I think he's, I think Mary's seeing somebody, but he's somebody, he's somebody's real <laughs> name. But yeah, Lance, Lance girls, he, he cleans up very well. Cleans up very well. Those are two solid answers. I approve. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. And last one. If you had to delete all but three apps and the ones that came like preloaded, so like, you know, maps, notes, shit like that. All that can mm. This is just ones that you've put on the phone and you can only keep three of them. Which three do you keep? Um, voice memo. Uh, Twitter. And... And my All Recipes app. Okay. I like that. I like that. I wish, I wish somebody would create an app for recipes where you didn't have to read 72 chapters of like Lord of the Rings and family history before you get to the actual fucking recipe. All Recipe does that. They like, they do like a quick a quick synopsis of it and then they get right to the ingredients so oh, I'm like yeah. Yeah, so all i think it's all recipes yeah something like that 
all recipes or but yeah the food network is like yeah that's this is hopeless <laughs> like yeah. yeah this like i can't like i have to get through all of this in order to figure out how to make banana bread i'm i'm i'm, I'm angry right I'm angry. and now yeah. i don't want to fucking make it right now i'm mad now i'm mad i went through all of this and i don't even have all the ingredients so now i'm now i'm upset and hungry so now i'm hangry <laughs> from a free app too many things are happening <laughs> too many things are happening so now jennifer b harris yes. author tiktoker extraordinary thanks tell us a secret i used to have my belly button pierced okay and i have I have two husbands uh yeah yeah and i'm a fan i'm a fan of tattoos so we are now at the end of the episode um in this part of the episode you as the guest now have the floor to plug anything that you would like to plug drop your social media handles if you would like to the floor is yours, madam. Oh, well, first off, this was amazing. Thank you. I hope I didn't make it real weird. Um, <laughs> one, uh, if you would choose to follow me on the Problematic Clock app, you too will be called a J-Bird, J-A-Y-E-B-I-R-D-S, which is what I call the collective uh, family that has adopted me as, as, as their official aunt or cousin. Yay for that. Um, so you can follow me at what at what Jay said all one word 2.0 on TikTok. I am also um, on Twitter at what Jay at what Jay says, which is the late I think what the lady the lady of the lady of Harris at on Twitter. Um, also author Jay's and Jack B is and boy Harris H A R R I S on Twitter as well. Um, author J B Harris on Instagram. Please be amazing and follow uh, the Writer's Block Podcast, which is on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate and review. Share with your share with your share with your friends and come hang out. Uh, also, um, if you'd like to participate and and um, support indie authors, all my all my works are on Amazon now. Uh, a couple a couple of the recent ones and the one that I just that I just released is the tradition is the traditional women by Jennifer P. Harris, which is on, which is available on Amazon and, uh, and Kindle now. Yay for that. Also poetry kisses still matter thoughts in a pandemic, uh, love songs of the unrequited one, two, one, two, and three. Um, also uh, lullaby is also, also there. And my memoir uh, is called right life, which is a, a letter to the craft. I kind of got that from Stephen King. We're talk where I talk more in depth about my writing journey, what stopped it, and what restarted it. And uh, future work is actually going to be how much does justice cost, which is actually uh, uh, I think it's what a hundred, yeah, it's a hundred um, couplets, which are two line poems, and that will be out on out in February. And also next lifetime things, which is the next group of the next um, book of poetry, which will also be out in February. But that, I'm I'm just Jen Harris trying to change the world one word at a time. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. 
for being here this evening. I, I have had an absolute blast having you. Um, anytime you would like to come back to this show or one of the others um, that I produce, I will now and always have a spot for you. Thank you. I may pick you up on that because, th because the world is weird and we need to stop it from being increasingly boring. <laughs> I, I agree. Boring. <laughs> boring you can't cure. True. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.